Have you ever felt that sense of awe before God? Have you ever felt a sense where you just haven't got any words to express yourself before God? That, that everything you've got within you is insufficient in his presence? Have you ever felt that before him? I have a few times, nowhere near often enough. Nowhere near often enough. I think he wants us to live in a much more constant state of speechlessness before him. Because he's God. Think about that a minute. He is God. He's not some rock star. He's not some celebrity. He's not some sports Olympian. He's not the queen. He's not the president of the United States. He's God. He's all of those wrapped up together and multiplied by a billion plus. He's God. So I don't really want to just have a few times where I've felt that sense of speechlessness before God. I want to live in that state of wonder before him. So today I want us to talk a little bit, well I want to talk, I want you to think and ponder and be challenged by Holy Spirit on the wonder and the mystery that is God. Do you know that God's wrote, written two books? Heresy, heresy. Do you know God's written two books? We all know one of them. Yeah, everyone knows the Bible. It's one book that God's written. Anyone know what the other book that God's written is? Huh? Our life. Our life, this, everything that we see around us, the whole of creation, the universe, what God has crafted by his hands. That's the second book that God has written. And God doesn't intend on us living our lives before him and seeing his glory in just one of them. You see, this is awesome. And this is inspired by God, and this is truth, and this is life. But it doesn't cover everything, and it doesn't reveal God in his fullness to us. You're not going to find the answer to everything in here. You're not going to know everything about God from this. See, God has intentionally put us in his creation because his creation sings of his glory and his creation reveals him to us as well. And so we need his truth in the Bible and his glory sung throughout creation through you and I to really even start to understand who this awesome God is. So we're going to spend a little bit of time today studying the second book. Don't worry, for those of you who are twitching, um, we're, going to, we're going to be delving into this a little bit, but I want us to study more the second book that God has written, the book of creation, the book of our lives, the book of this awesome world and universe that we live in and that sings his glory to us every second of every day. But we often don't really notice it. So <clears throat> I, want us to, I want to challenge some of our thinking today. I want us to be stretched in our imaginations. I want our faith 
to be stretched as well. This is about recognizing the incomprehensibility of God. That's a big, long word. God's bigger than we are, and he's bigger than our minds can handle. So let's take a trip today, and we're going to start at the very beginning. Creation. What an incredible story. What an incredible story. And I use that word very intentionally. Let's just read a little bit of it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's a bit of an understatement, isn't it? (laughs) Now, the earth was formless and empty. What does that mean? Darkness was over the surface of the deep. It was formless and empty, but there was a deep, and darkness was over it, and there was a surface. What? The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God said, let there be light, and there was light. It's very simple, but incredible. God saw the light was good. He separated the light from the darkness. How do you do that? God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening, there was morning, the first day. That's just the first day. That's just the first day. And if you read that really, really slowly and think about every single part of that, that is incredible. Incredible. The word incredible means not credible. (laughs) The word incredible means nonsensical. The word incredible means incomprehensible, irrational, inconceivable, ridiculous. We can't get our heads around that story. And that's just one story at the start of the Bible, one day out of six that he created. What on earth is going on there? If we think that we can wrap our heads around and understand the story of creation, wow, get right down off that pedestal right away. I'm not God, you're not God. You're never going to get that. You're never going to understand that. Yes, study, try as much as you possibly can, strive to expand your mind, but you're not going to get that. And that's just one part of this awesome book and this awesome book that sings of his glory every single second of every day. But just for a moment, what's the alternative to this story, creation? Big Bang? Serious? Really? Really? From where? With what? Where did it all come from? How? That is even more incredible. That story is even more incredible, even more nonsensical, even more non-credible, even more incomprehensible, irrational, inconceivable, ridiculous. Both stories are absolutely insane when we think about them with our limited, finite, tiny little minds. Such perfection in every single one of us. Such intricacy 
every minute detail. Just look at your finger. I have to, I'm of the age now where it has to be kind of out there. <laughs> look at your finger. See the markings on your finger, the prints on your finger. There's not another one like that in the whole of the world. Not just now, living now, but has ever lived and ever will live. There's not another person with your fingerprint. There's not another person with your iris, with the same eye as you. That's unbelievable. It's amazing. It's amazing. Such perfection. A big bang? Really? But don't, wrap your head, don't pretend to understand creation. You're not going to. God is God. We are not. <clears throat> Both of these stories, like pretty much everything in here and everything we see around us, require massive, massive faith. Massive faith. Every breath that we take should render us mute with awe. How does this body work? How does this body work? It's unbelievable if you just stop and think about it. Has anyone heard of mycelium? Oh, awesome. I don't know enough about it, so I'll sound like an expert before you guys, but I'm really not. Mycelium is a network of microscopic fungi that lives under the ground and connects every living thing, every plant, every flower, every tree, everything that's living across this earth is connected by a network called mycelium. It's unbelievable. Google it. It's really amazing. That's about the limit of my knowledge, so I'm not going to go any further with that. But it is absolutely incredible. And I am baffled, absolutely baffled by anyone that can really look into something as simple as that and not realize that there has to be a creator, God. Ooh, don't want to go there yet. <clears throat> what an incredible world that we live in. What incredible creation we are. You may not feel incredible. I don't feel incredible most of the time. But the reality is, we are amazing. Absolutely amazing. And we're created in the awesome image of God. <clears throat> Surely, we are created, crafted, scripted, designed, forged, a masterpiece the fact that you can hear and see me right now, that your eyes work and connect to your brain, that your ears somehow hear sound. What is sound? What is sight? What are these things? We don't understand any of them. And yet we use them every single second of every single day. The fact that my heart and lungs instinctively know how to keep beating and just do it without me thinking about it. That my brain controls everything without ever thinking. Consciously, at least. And yet, if you're anything like me, maybe you came here this morning wondering, I wonder if the worship will be any good. 
They're going to sing that song that I like. We're going to repeat the same one again and again and again and again and again and again. again. I wonder if I'll get anything from the talk today. I wonder if they've got those nice biscuits today. You, You all know the ones. You all know the ones. I wonder if I'll get home in time for the football. I wonder where I should park to make sure that I can get out so I can get lunch in time. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. That's a whole load of wondering, but very little wonder. Very little wonder. God, have mercy on us. God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on my wonderless attitude. May I be struck in awe before you, my awesome king. So just pause. Close your eyes for a sec if you're comfortable doing that. No one's going to come up and do anything scary to you or surprise you. It's okay. The king of the universe, the creator of this masterpiece, the giver of life to your body, personality to your soul, the one who holds the waters of the earth in the cup of his hand is the same God who willingly allowed himself to be strung up and nailed to a tree for doing no wrong, beaten and brutally executed so that you could be completely forgiven and set free from your life of wretched sin. This same God, King, Saviour, Friend, Ruler, Lord, Creator, Lover, Lamb, Lion, Judge, Merciful, God now lives in you and is here right now. Wow. If we get that, then every moment is a moment of awe if we can just stop and notice And noticing isn't about understanding. You can open your eyes now. It's okay. Noticing isn't about understanding and explaining. See, awe doesn't come when we show our working. Awe comes when we simply stop, be silent, and just go, wow, just look at this. I try every morning before I start work to take a, a walk in the, in the forest. We're so blessed around here that we've got awesome um, stuff around us. And I can just pause and just look at a leaf. I'm not some weird tree hugger, okay, so don't worry about that. Um, but you can just look at a leaf and you notice amazing intricacy in that, amazing creativity and you pick another one up and it's slightly different. You pick another one up and it's like, there's none of them that are the same. Like our fingerprints, it's awesome. God is amazing. And why did he do all that? Why did he do it? Just because he is so big and so vast and so amazing that he had to make something so creative and so diverse and so awesome to even slightly express who he is and sing his glory. So let's notice some of this. Change attack. The Trinity. Have you ever... There was no way of linking it. Um, Have you ever really thought about this 
this concept, the Trinity. We talk about it a lot. We probably talk about it more in traditional churches. Um, it's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Um, so you're not going to get a blow-by-blow explanation of it there. However, theologians far, 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 far wiser than any of us have spent centuries pondering all of the suggestions and truth in this book that God is three persons, yet one God. And they created an idea, a concept called the Trinity. But that was never intended to be an explanation of who God is. It was never intended to fully package God before our eyes and explain this is God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Math doesn't work. One add one add one does not equal one. Okay? The maths doesn't work. Again, like this whole thing, you're not going to get your head around something like that. That is so central to all of our understanding and belief about who God is and core to our faith. Yet at the end of the day, there's mystery there. Are you okay with mystery? Or do you want everything in a box? Because if you want everything in a box, you're going to be disappointed. We've got to recognize that God is God. We are not. So mystery is going to always be there. If we approach something like the Trinity, for example, as a way to explain or understand fully who God is, we're either going to be unable to accept his existence because it just doesn't stack up, just doesn't make sense in our minds, or we'll end up blindly thinking, we've got it, we've nailed who God is. I got this God thing down. And that's probably just as dangerous. God is God, we're not. The Trinity instead was a concept intended to inspire awe. Not understanding, wonder, not an explanation. You can't put God in a box. There's no box big enough. (laughs) You can't put God in a box. You can't reduce God to the size of your mind. I don't care how clever or accomplished you are, and there's some very intelligent people in this room. Your mind, your abilities... Your intellect, your senses, your everything was created by God, was created for him, and is controlled by him. Scientists can't even manufacture a single cell of living matter without using something that's already been created and they don't really understand fully. Not even a single cell. Do you know how many cells our bodies are made of? Do you know how many cells a single leaf is made up of? Not do I, but it's lots. (laughs) Should have researched that one. You can't understand God. This book can't describe him fully. It's a book. We can hold it. It has pages. It has a number of pages. There's a finite number of pages here. There's a finite number of script, a number of words here. I can hold it in my hand. If this explains to me fully who God is, 
Do you think I'd be able to hold it in my hand? Even this book itself says there aren't enough pages or books in the whole world to describe this awesome man, Jesus. So let's remember that God wrote this book, but he also wrote this book, this book, this book, this book, this book. And together, they sing a bit of his glory, but still not anywhere near what we're going to experience when we're with him in eternity. God is so far beyond our understanding so limitless and so infinitely greater than anything we can even imagine. So don't get stuck on what you can and can't understand about God because that's not the point. Yes, strive for understanding. Strive for knowledge. Expand your mind. Read. Eat this book. Absorb this book that's all around us. Use the mind that God has given you But don't expect to understand everything. That's not the point. Be amazed by him. Be amazed by him. Be awestruck by the little that you can understand. And be speechless about everything you don't understand. Stop wondering and just wonder. Communion. Baptism, prayer, fasting, worship, healing, prophecy. Pick any of those. Can you explain them? Do you understand them? Do you get what happens? None of them make sense. None of them make sense. Countless books have been written about every single one of those topics and many, many more. And yet still... We can't agree on what actually happens with any of these things or why we do them or how they work. That's because none of them are intended to simply increase our understanding or knowledge about God or describe him or explain him or define him to us. If we could describe God in all his fullness, then what would be left? What's amazing about that? If I can describe God to you in all his fullness, that's not a God that I'd want to worship because I can explain him. I worship a God who is wonderful and beyond my understanding. He is God. I'm not. I worship a God I barely know. I worship a God I barely know. I'm desperate to know him more Because what I do know fills me with hunger and wonder. But the fact that he's so much greater and so much bigger than my mind can grasp only serves to fuel that hunger and fuel that wonder. Prayer. It's a mystery. How's that work? Why? Why does God need us to pray? If he knows everything already, why do we have to pray? Why does it work sometimes and it doesn't work Other times, what voice am I supposed to use? Does it work better if I shout? Does it work better if there's lots of people around? Anyone here got a formula? For the purpose of those listening on tape, no hands went up at that point. We don't get it, do we? But God tells us to pray. 
because we're his children and he loves to chat with us. He loves to spend time with us. And prayer is just like me chatting with DJ. You right? Did you have a nice week? Yeah? Excellent. Cool. We don't get it. Baptism. It's a bit of a mystery, isn't it? So I go underwater. My sins are washed away. I come up with new life. Huh? Does what? Does it actually do that? Or is it, a, is it a symbol of something that's happened already? Does it only happen when I go down? What if, what, if, what if I don't quite go under? What happens then? What if it's one of the sprinkling ones? Anyone here explain baptism to me? It works. It's a bit like our bodies. They work. It's a bit like this world. It works. But the reality is, if the air was one percentage of something off, <laughs> if, if there was a degree of difference in the makeup of nitrogen and carbon dioxide and oxygen and everything in the air, then we'd be dead. If we were slightly closer to the sun, we'd be dead. We don't get it, but it works. Prayer, we don't get it. Works. Baptism, we don't get it. It works. It does something. We trust God in his mystery. He tells us to do it in here. So I believe his word. I believe his word and I follow his instructions, but I don't understand it. But he does something with that. Worship. He inhabits our praises. Hang on a minute. What does that mean? What does that mean? Worship. We can somehow move the heart of God. Hold on, the God that created the entire universe, that holds everything in his hands, that was there before anything existed and said, let there be light. Boom, there was light. Suddenly a day was created. My worship can move his heart. That is shocking. That is amazing. I can't even pretend to understand that, even a little bit. Yet I trust him at his word, and I'm obedient to him, even though it is a mystery. Every second, every day, forever round the throne, worship is going on. Think about these things, but don't expect to ever understand them fully, because if you could, there would be no room for faith. And faith is what pleases God. Faith is what God requires of us. Not knowledge, but knowledge is good. Not understanding, but understanding is good. Not explanation, our ability to explain stuff to people is good. But faith. When what we believe about God becomes our foundation, we're in trouble. Hang on a minute. When what we believe about God becomes our foundation, we're in trouble. See, what we believe and what we can understand and what we think we know is always going to be incomplete and limited to our physical and mental capacities. So if our foundation is there, then we're going to move and shake and be thrown around as our abilities increase or diminish. 
God is constant. So our foundation can't be there in what we understand, in what we believe. Our foundation has got to be rooted firmly in the mystery of God himself by faith. I believe God. I believe God. I trust all the stuff that I read in here. I trust all the things that his creation around me tells me about him, speaks of his glory. But ultimately, my foundation is in my relationship with God himself. And that's a decision that I have to make every single day, no matter how much or how little I know or understand. I trust that God is bigger, supreme, more awesome, more loving, more just, and more wonderful than I can ever understand or comprehend. I choose not to limit my expectation or belief in God to what I've experienced of these principles, nor what I understand about them. But I choose to live in and rest on the wonder and mystery of God himself. So, whether you pick up... Oh, why do I go forward? Whether you pick up this book or this book, or whether you pick both of them up, which is what I'd suggest... Read both of them with the eyes of faith and an attitude of wonder. Not with a goal of defining, explaining, and reducing God to the size that you can understand. He's awesome. And we'll never know him fully until we're with him in eternity. When our eyes and our minds and all our senses are going to be opened and we'll see him fully as he is. But until that day comes, simply live in wonder.